Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Listen in and learn how to use new mind, body, and spirit wisdom and supportive tools to move beyond your fears, self-doubts, and limiting beliefs. Tanya is devoted to helping you heal pain, illness, and trauma so you can enjoy a healthy body and balanced lifestyle. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life, an inspiring, empowering series where some of the world's cutting edge mind, body, spirit, healers, coaches, and leaders are coming together to share with you not only their wisdom, but their tools to support you to move beyond any fears, doubts, limiting beliefs, also that you can heal pain, illness, and trauma. I am your host, Tanya Penny. I'm an occupational therapist and a vibrant body and abundant life coach. And I'm here because I'm devoted to supporting you to have a healthy body, a peaceful mind, and a balanced lifestyle. Also that you can fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and ultimate freedom. And today, I'm super excited to share the wisdom of Shan Vanderleek with you. We are going to be diving into the very important topic of your truth and boundaries. Ooh, especially if you're listening, if you're joining us live and listening to this, um, it's holiday season, right? It's right around the corner. And I definitely know those of us who have been really good about practicing living our truth and setting and keeping healthy boundaries that even the holidays can sometimes throw us off track with that. So this is a great topic for November or honestly, anytime you're listening to this. So welcome everybody today who's live. And if you are live, we'll be taking a few questions at the end of the call. And if you're on the webcast, you can submit those questions at the bottom of the screen. There should be a box. You can put your first name if you want or be anonymous, whatever feels um, safe you. This is a safe space, a safe container. Um, If you're on the phone, you can raise your hand star two. And you can do either one of those anytime during our conversation. And as I said, towards the end of the call, we'll open up to see if there's any questions, comments, or ahas that you would like to share with us today around your truth and boundaries. So just a little bit of a bio for those of you who are new to Shan Vanderleek. For the last 12 years, she has been working with women all over the world to help them navigate through life-altering transitions and reclaim their feminine sovereignty. She is a best-selling author, award-winning producer and podcaster, voice talent and force of nature. Through her writing, teachings, podcasts, and business, Shan is a transformation goddess guiding women to reclaim their voice and speak their truth. Yay. Welcome, Shan. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thanks for the invitation, Tanya. It's good to be back on your show again. Yes. Can you believe it's been, I guess, a little over a year? (laughs) Right? Blink and and a year goes by. (laughs) It does. It really does. I I can't believe it's November. The holidays are around the corner. And here we are today ready to 
powwow about a really important topic that I think a lot of women, and I'm going to say a lot of men too, I mean, just people in general, we were not, uh, many of us were not encouraged to live and be our truth, our authentic self. And many of us also didn't see growing up healthy boundaries with our parents or with adults in our life. And as children, we were certainly, most of us, I'm going to guess, were shut down. You know, you're a child. What right do you have to set boundaries, right? Right. So I think this is um, really important. And I guess I'd love to start today with you just sharing a little bit about your journey, um, your journey to fully living your truth and to get where you are today, helping other pe- um, other women specifically to reclaim their voice and live their truth. I'd be happy to. You know, my journey looks like a lot of the listeners' journey. I'm sure I I uh, went to went to school, went to college, got a college degree, and actually was one of those people who got a job after school in the actual uh, profession that I wanted and with the the major that followed it in communication arts. And so that was kind of funny. I I entered the television advertising business and remained there for about 18 years and finished up my career in television as the director of sales for a CBS affiliate and absolutely loved what I did there and in that business until I didn't. And part of that is certainly a, a piece of this conversation about living your truth and boundary setting. I did a lot of the work that I did and was in a very masculine space, lots of masculine energy, very successful, and realized when I started doing some of my healing work and when I became a mom, how much I was doing things for validation from my father at the time. Um, and and probably uh, validation for many generations that I wasn't even aware of. And it occurred to me that I was no longer interested in doing that. I was no longer interested in uh, doing anything in order to make somebody else happy at my demise. So, yes, I love to make people happy. I love to do kind things. I'm a very generous spirit, generous heart. But... I'm not available to uh, be tread on. I am nothing even close to a doormat. Never was really, but wasn't living my truth. So my story is more about the truth side of things than boundaries. I've been very good at setting boundaries for as long as I can remember. It's very easy for me to say no. <laughs> and it's, oh, also very, you. <laughs> you know, it's also very easy for me to say yes when it's a hell yes. But uh but anyway, that led, that, that led me to do some work, uh, and I created the company True Balance International. And the whole purpose there, Tanya, was I was so out of balance. I was such a workaholic. I was so in my masculine, strive, strive, make money, rigid, uh, just very, very much about uh, work, work, work making things happen, being successful, being very guarded, uh, not wanting to to be seen. Uh, you know, the underbelly was not allowed to be seen. I was just very, very much uh, kicking ass and taking names. And and a beautiful thing happens when uh, you start to, to grow up and mature and then at the same time become a mom. I became a mom a little later than a lot of people do. I guess now it's probably normal, but I was able to 
realize it was that I wanted to raise my daughter and, you know, I wanted to be there. I didn't want to be at work. I didn't want to be uh, glued to the cell phone and to the computer and to those things and, and at the beck and call of anybody other than myself and started True Balance and realized if I feel this way and if I was able to get myself out of my golden handcuffs, um, I bet you there are a lot of other women that I can help do the same. And so I started on that journey of helping women very much like me uh, start to soften and start to put themselves at the front of the line and really embrace their feminine qualities as well as their masculine qualities. And then that just kind of, you know, here we are 12 years later and, and so many good things have come of it. And I'm incredibly grateful to be where I am today with you. Mm, wow. What a great story. And I, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to resonate with that. I know it's funny. I know we're both from the Midwest and we're both kind of like two peas in a pod. So even as you're sharing your story again, I'm like, wow, so much in common, you know, like you, I was doing a lot for validation, um, others approval and realized I was really trying to make other people happy. And I think that's the important thing um, to note here is happy at your demise, or I say to my clients, happy at the expense of yourself, right? right. So it's not right. that we don't want to be kind and generous and you know, please other people, but I think the important piece here is when it's at the expense of yourself. And how do you know? I think a lot of people listening might have the question, how do you know when it's at the expense of yourself? Oh, my goodness. If you if you check in with yourself and, you know, emotional pain is, is something that comes up. Um, dependency, depression, anxiety. Uh, oh, my goodness. Stress-induced physical illness. You know, you can, you yeah. can speak to, to that. Uh, a, la a lack of boundaries is very much like leaving the door to your home unlocked and anybody including unwelcome guests can enter at will so and people that want to vandalize it <laughs> right right and of course you also have to dishonor it yeah you also have to be mindful of not having your boundaries boundaries be too terribly rigid as well because then you can end up very reclusive and isolated and and, and you know in your castle surrounded by your moat and nobody can get in and all of all of that business. So we just have to be really, really sweet with ourselves to and, and start to uncover where we might be putting ourselves in harm's way and and understanding that it's really okay for us to take an inventory and, and put ourselves at the front of the line, figure out what that looks like. Yeah, and I think it I think for a lot of us, given I know a lot of people I work with and perhaps you too, and pretty much everyone on the planet's had trauma. So whenever we have a trauma, whether it's being teased at school, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it's being criticized by a parent, um, all those things could have been traumatic for you. And whenever we have a trauma, I know that we will often try to do the thing that caused, that we think caused the trauma. So a lot of us, we either spoke up or we said something or fill in the blank um, with whatever it was. And because of that, we were criticized or embarrassed or, or teased. And then we were like, oh, gosh, 
you know, I'm going to shut down that part of me. I'm not going to be my truth or my true self. And also as a child, we didn't think we could stick up for ourselves, right? And so we are holding this belief. I think a lot of us are holding this belief that um, was planted in childhood. That was, you know, it's not safe. It's either not safe to be our truth or it's not safe to set a boundary. Right? Yeah. Um, some yeah, version. I see, yeah, I can that. see. I can see that how how that plays out as well. And you know, from in my personal experience, uh, I was pretty much the adult in the room um, yeah. at a very very young age, and and so there was a part of that experience that led me to create really strong boundaries. <laughs> and. Uh, at the at the time also to know when I needed to disappear and know when and I when I not get get out of the house or get out of the room or or be away so that I don't take on any anything more than I already had as a young person. But uh, bullying was also a piece of my experience as well, and I was bullied pretty good uh, eighth grade eighth grade summer leading into a brand new school in high school where I no longer had one single friend that I'd grown wow. up with my whole life. And that led to an entirely different t- trajectory than, than I would have liked for my young self. Uh, but, you know, it happened. And what happens there is you either fold into yourself or you create something new. Or for me, I armored up and had a real issue with trust for a long time. Right. And, uh, but, you know, you, thankfully, uh, if we do our work, we get to see what that stuff is and we get to untangle it and we get to forgive it and we get to release it and do all of the things that we do and say, okay, where did that make me stronger? What did I learn? What do I need to release? And, and how do I take this from here? Who can I help having been through that experience? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an important point to make is everybody listening, whether you're live with us today, which I see many of you are, or you're listening to this, this replay is that, you know, don't beat yourself up ever, right? <laughs> for any, for anything that's, that's happened or where you currently are on your, your truth and boundary path. Um, this isn't about beating yourself up for where you are or what you did in the past. Because like Shanna saying, you know, the past is the past and there are gifts in everything. And they're definitely from a, you know, a soul purpose, things that we were meant to go through um, so that we could fully live it. Like us sitting here having this conversation with you today. We wouldn't be having this if we hadn't worked through, had the experiences and worked through a lot of our own stuff. Um, and I think that two pieces that I'd like to go into a little bit deeper, Shan, is that when you know, I had a lot of teasing and bullying too around the same age. And one of the things that I did um, in looking back in order to kind of not deal or not feel the pain of that and maybe try to be approved is I was really an overachiever um, when it came to school. You know, I, I really tried to get good grades, like prove myself that way. I really tried to, um, you know, excel in sports. So I really kind of used that armor of achievement. And I saw how I carried that into adulthood as well. And sometimes even trying to achieve at things I really didn't care about or I really didn't want. So 
but I thought it was what my parents or what would be, you know, accepted by my peers at school. Mm. I can see how that would happen. Absolutely. So I'm just thinking about your achievement piece, right? When you said you were overworking and <clears throat> trying to overachieve at, at um, you know, when you were an adult and it's like, wow, you know, I wonder if that seed was planted, you know, given, given your experience growing up um, with the bullying and moving into um, kind of that isolation and achievement. Yeah, I went into a little bit of a different direction than, than you did. I, I kind of really went into the, um, you know, screw it all space. Mm. Wow. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and into the badass space and into the if you screw with me I will obliterate you space because I was so hurt Um, and then having worked through that uh, now I have some of the best friendships in the world that I you know there's not a lot of them but the ones that I have are so solid and so I like to say that even though I lost so much in that in that space long long time ago it, it allowed me to, you know, do my work, um, accept what, what happened, and, and even forgive the one who decided to, uh, to raise hell and not really give a, you know, um, give a mm. care about so much. I mean, there were certain things I gave a care about. You know, I still won awards. I was still an excellent gymnast. I still won this, that, and the other thing, but I could have done so much more. Uh, I missed so much school. And there was so much anxiety and stress and stuff involved. Now I can look back and see it, that I was mm. um, definitely protecting myself and and uh, had a situation where I could pretty much pull the wool over my mom's eyes very easily and uh, and do what needed to be done or what I thought needed to be done because, again, I was the adult, right? <laughs> uh, anyway. I wonder if that's a Midwest thing. <laughs> I listened to you, and I was like, I was like, I felt like I was the the adult in the room too, growing up, like that I was kind of more responsible or more, I don't know if the word is conscious, than most of the other people, and had, yeah, it was like they couldn't take care of themselves. And I know we talked a little bit before this about that chronic overgiving, where yeah. if you grow up in an environment like that, where you're the adult and you're like responsible, you feel like you're responsible for everyone else, whether that's the truth or not, right? Um, that you become this chronic overgiver, which of course can also make it hard for you to set boundaries if you feel like you have to be responsible and take care of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I got out of the house pretty fast, you know, and the thing is I had a great relationship with my mom, but she was single mom. She was working oh. her butt off, doing everything she possibly could to take care of us. We didn't have a lot of help on the outside coming in. Um, mm-hmm. the, the relationship with my father, uh, you know, that's an entire show or maybe a series or, you know, maybe that, that could go on for even longer. So there was all those issues that so many of us have, whatever it is, mama issues, daddy issues, sibling issues in the house, out of the house. You know, frankly, I'm grateful. I know that they both love me very much. They did the best they could with, with what they had at the time. And I, and I do, and I do think Tanya that, that we come in, some of us come in a little bit more conscious. Uh, I know I look at my daughter and I think, my goodness, did she come in awake? (laughs) Wow. How cool it is to do a comparison and contrast of how 
she behaves, how she lives, the choices she makes, and how I did. But she's also in a home with two loving parents who have been together for 30 years. And, and who've done some of their own work. And have done our, yeah, and of course, and my husband came from a very, very healthy, very healthy, gorgeous environment. Uh, and so in watching him parent her and doing our healing work and all that kind of good, I'm just so grateful for all of it because I can look and say, aha, look at these areas where I was able to break this chain or make or stop this or, or change that or, or what have you. My mother was incredibly generous and you want to talk about an overgiver. And I was super smart and quite manipulative teenager. And, you know, that was the way it was. I, I got that away with combo. I got away with everything. <laughs> just about everything. <laughs> Ooh, me too. So, so, you know, you look at that, we're talking about boundaries, right? I didn't have any growing up. I had to set them myself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think some of us, you know, grew up and we had a lot of boundaries imposed on us. That I that was actually me. Um, we're, we're opposite in that area where I had a lot of boundaries. I had a lot of rules, but I broke them um, mm-hmm. all the time. Being the rebel that I am, of course. Right. And. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, um, I had a lot of things kind of happen to me where I couldn't say no and I couldn't, set, I felt like I couldn't say no or set boundaries with adults and, and right. older people in my life. But, you know, regardless, regardless, I think there's going to be people on both sides of the boat here. And yes. I know I broke some boundaries too, right? My dad had no boundaries and the way he treated my mother and she didn't set them. And so I kind of ended up, sadly, you know, tried to be like the strong parent in order to survive. And so yeah, I treated my mom like crap sometimes. So still, yeah. still doing some healing around that as well. So I think, you know, there's no, I think we all can look at both sides and where we've maybe overstepped other people's boundaries and maybe where we didn't set and keep boundaries and do that with compassion, right? Not, not beating ourselves up for that, but how do we change that today? Right. How do we shift that today? And I think because we didn't have healthy role models, um, it would be helpful to share, Dan, if you could share, like, what is what does it look like for you? Like, what does the word boundary even mean to you? And what does it look like in your life, both personally and professionally? Um, You know, and you can be as detailed or as general as you want. But I, I think so many of us are like, I don't even know. I don't even know what a boundary is and what does it even look like and, and what would be normal boundaries? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's such a great question. And, and I, I don't know if there's any normal anything, but, but I, I can tell you, I, I can tell you. Healthy. <laughs> I can Maybe tell like you healthy that. is better than normal. Yeah, healthy, healthy. Healthy replaces normal. We're uh, not normal here. None of us I, here are normal. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I, would say to begin with is that I respect my sacred life, my spaciousness, my uh, calendar, my home, my, there's just, I have such reverence for what I've been able to create in this lifetime. And so it makes it easier for me to speak my truth, which has really never been a problem. 
um, might be for other people receiving it, but um, I have a you know big mouth and, and speak my truth. And I don't struggle saying no. If, if something doesn't feel right for me, if it just doesn't register, it's a no. And it's a no without explanation. It might be a no thank you. It's kind. Um, and then if it's a yes, it, it really does need to be a yes. Or a hell yeah, hell yes, like you said before. <laughs> exactly, like a hell yeah. And and so when I transitioned from corporate to my entrepreneurial life, one of the very first boundaries I had to address was how I was packing my calendar. Oh my gosh, it was just ridiculously packed back to back to back. I felt like, you know, my days needed to be so full in order for me to be successful in order for this new business of mine to take off that kind of business. So I had to untangle that and say, okay, wait a minute. Your calendar is now from forevermore going to look like this. You first. So what I need for Shan goes in first. Making time, you know, for making my uh, superfood shakes or taking a yoga class or getting a massage or getting my exercise or taking a nap. Whatever, that gets plugged, those kinds of things plugged in for it. Not that I'm, you know, scheduling naps, but my point being, I go first. And then second to that was whatever my daughter and my husband might need, things that we had to do as a family, that would go in next. And then my business stuff, third. And always with spaciousness around what I'm doing. And what do I mean by that? I'm not going to have things set up every 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Like today I, I set something up a half an hour apart and that felt a little bit like a squeeze. <laughs> it felt a little yep. bit like a squeeze. That's how good I've gotten at spaciousness because I can get a whole lot accomplished personally and professionally in, a, in much less time than I ever knew and have that, that spaciousness. You'll hear me say that word over and over and over because it saved my life. Oh my God, I love that word. <laughs> Me too. And the thing is, it's so, it's so important yeah. to set boundaries too, because what are you doing when you set a boundary? When you, when you stand up in, in your truth, you, you're practicing self-care and self-respect. You're communicating your needs to yourself and others that you love. You're making time and space for positive things, positive interactions instead of saying yes to a whole bunch of things you really don't want to do that just end up pissing you off. And then you're bitching about something that you don't want to do when you could have just said no to begin with. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or and you're then, not bitching about it and you're right. stuffing your anger and resentment and then you get sure. And then we get sick because of it. Anytime exactly. we you know, stuff that. Exactly. And so setting limits in, in a relationship that's healthy. I mean, of course, being you want to be kind and supportive and loving to your, uh, your closest people in your life. And you also want to be supportive to your clients and the people you partner with. But like you said at the beginning of the show, not at the expense of yourself. Yeah. And I think here's a really, I mean, you brought up a ton of good boundaries. And again, I'm going to come back to the time and spaciousness. I think that is probably one of the biggest ones that my community and your community struggle with. Right. Because um, we tend to attract people uh, like attracts like. And, you know, I, like you, would fill my schedule like, oh, my God, 
I wouldn't even put in time to like drive somewhere. So <laughs> I'd be like, I used to be a home health OT. Talk about right, crazy. Right. So I'd be like, you know, running, driving around frantically in Arizona traffic. Cause that's where I was at the time doing home health. And, and then I would like have a happy hour scheduled right after work. And then I was, you know, had a later date with my sweetie and it was like, oh my God, I was insane. I was insane. And I think a lot of women and men too, it's really a calling right now. Um, and I know the holidays can especially trigger this time, you know, scarcity of time thing and feeling like you've got to do it all. And, you know, we're here to tell you today that that's got to change in order for you to uh, number one, be healthy. I mean, the MS kicked my butt telling me you're doing too much, right? Yeah. One of the ways I was attacking myself was doing too much. And um, I don't know what your kick in the butt was to change it. Did, did you have a kick in the butt or was it just getting, having your daughter that made you change that? Oh, I, I had, I had kicks. I had um, some health issues as well. Mine yeah. generally would come in the form of migraine headaches. So, oh, yeah. so if I, if I wasn't going to stop myself, then the headache would. And then I'd oh, yeah. lose a, you know, lose a day to the dark feeling hor- horrible. And, and, uh, and then that led to, uh, you know, uncovering some other things about my hormones and, and choices and things like that. But I n- knock on wood, can't remember the last time I had a migraine. I've had headaches, you know, I have, but not the kind that are so debilitating. But my right. body they wanted you my out. body, you know, my body wanted me to listen. And I wasn't listening. And I needed to, as you've heard so many people say before and in your own experience, I needed to kind of be like slammed in the head with a two by four. Um <laughs> to pay attention. Yep. Okay. Yeah, everyone listening, you're having a two by four experience with your health right now, whether it's Yeah, are you gonna put yourself at the front of the line or not? Because if if not um, you're going to, you're going to be in your bed for a while. Well, and that's really what it's about, right? It's, it's not saying screw everyone else, but it's putting, it's putting yourself at the front of the line mm-hmm. and really saying, you know, what do I need mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? What, what do I need on a daily basis in order to be healthy, in order to be happy, in order to you know, live the purpose that we're here to live, whether it's career related or not. Um, And time is of the essence. Yeah. And and I think a lot of us have that belief that it's selfish. Yeah. Right. If if we put ourselves first, if we set a time boundary, if we say no to somebody um, and it's going to disappoint them, like we're being selfish. And I think that that's, something to really turn around right now. And I know a lot of people listening have already been working on this. So, I mean, I honor everyone and I know that you've already been doing some of the work. I'm pretty sure. Um, Or you wouldn't be here listening, but it's it's really taking that next step, uh, which is what Shan's talking about. And I've done and had to do in my own life because yeah, the MS came knocking and it was like, I didn't have a choice. I was bedridden for three months. It was like, boom. And it was like, I had a lot of time to think about and reflect on where in my life do I need to, you know, set more boundaries, have more time? Um, what does my body, mind, and soul need on a daily basis 
in order to then go forth and put my best, best version of myself out there to support other people. Because um, I was an occupational therapist at the time, um, you know, working at a rehab hospital. So I think that's a good question for everybody right now is just to write that down. You know, what do I need on a daily basis in order to feed my mind, body, spirit, right? Um, you know, what is, what is, how much time do I need? And what activities do I need to do during that time? And no, really great, yeah, yeah, no excuses either. No excuses. <laughs> Call them sexy excuses. Yeah. And, <laughs> and be able to do your best to separate your needs, thoughts, feelings, and desires from others. This, is, this really is all about you. It gets to be all about you. And I know it takes practice for, for some of our listeners. It's going to be a, a practice and that's okay. When you start to get more comfortable with this and you can very comfortably and confidently and truthfully say no and move on. And when you can say, boy, you know, that sounds really great, but I don't have three hours to devote to it. I can give you one. Or, you know, thank you for the invitation to make 48 cupcakes for school. Uh, I'm not available. (laughs) Or... I'd be happy to go to the bakery and, uh, you know, it's just, there, there's just things that, that, that we can do and to take ourselves out of being, wor- you know, worried about being judged, worried about what other people are going to think, if we're going to let other people down. If there's even a part of you, even one cell in your body that's griping about something you've said yes to, then you've got some work to do. Yeah, you got some reflection to look at. Why am mm-hmm. I griping and, and what boundaries do I need to set? Yeah, exactly. Um, around, around that, that, whether it's stress, whether it's um, griping, anger, resentment. I think those are some emotions that like, if you're wondering, how do I know if, if I'm not setting and keeping boundaries? It's like, oh, anger, resentment, yeah, depression, anxiety, or overwhelm. Those are all good signals from your um, your higher self, your emotions that, Something's going on that needs to be looked at and changes need to be made. Um, I think I think another piece I think another piece of that too, Tanya, is that sometimes we don't take responsibility for ourselves. Sometimes we blame others for the situations we've gotten ourselves into or we blame others for our problems. You know, some of this is on us too. And so we need to be really honest with ourselves as we're looking at this. I, I remember one of the first times that I realized that responsibility was about my ability to respond. <laughs> what am I doing? Oh, I like that. Yeah, right. And I wish I could tell you that's not mine, but but it is something that I practice. What is my ability to respond? And it's something that I've been teaching my daughter as well. I know the responsibility word makes you very uncomfortable and anxious, but what is your ability to respond to X, Y, or Z? And, and it just reframes it for you to say, okay, and this is what I've done this time. There's nothing I can do about it. But for next time, this is what I've learned. This is how I can move forward. This is a, an example of my ability to respond. Right. Oh, and I love, I, I really love that um, because I think the responsibility piece, I know a lot of us were victims as children. 
right? Because we were children. We actually didn't have some of us a lot sure. of power. But realizing as adults, we, there, there's no victims in the house anymore unless you want to make yourself a victim. Right. And it really is, your life is your responsibility, your ability to respond. And yes, sometimes that might mean disappointing other people yeah. or causing conflict. But guess what? You're an adult now and you can handle that. Yeah. You can handle conflict. You can, and I think that's just something really important to, to bring up because a lot of us are still living from that inner child who feels like they can't handle it or they're not capable. And, um, yeah, you know, what I'd like to, to say, you are. Yeah, what I'd like to say to that is, is even if you feel uncomfortable, even if that's yeah. your history, do it anyway. <laughs> do, do it, it anyway. an act of self-love. Yeah. Boundaries are an act of self-love, actually. Yes, and they take practice and they take determination. And we Lots just want to make sure that you don't let anxiety, fear, or guilt get in the way of you taking care of yourself. And shame, I think guilt and shame are good ones. They kind of oh, go yeah. hand in hand, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I was guilted or shamed for trying to set a boundary growing up oh. and, you know, and can still go there to this day. But then oh, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. I, if someone's trying to guilt or shame me for setting a boundary, well, do I really want that person in my life? No. Um, no probably not. <laughs> when, when I hear you say shame, I think, uh, I had my very own room, uh, you know, with my name on it, on the door in the shame pit for years. <laughs> what? And I don't know. I don't know if someone else threw me in there or if I threw myself in there or if it was a product oh. of, uh, you know, Catholicism or um, what. But boy, <laughs> boy. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I like to just roll around in that shame pit until and in freeing myself from that. And yeah. others, because, you know, with guilt and shame, it's, you, you can project it just as much as you can receive it. And I remember learning, I think I was 30 years old and I learned, I was listening to some audio tape while driving because, you know, that's the best use of your time when you're <laughs> in sales. Oh, yeah. And I'm listening to Brian Tracy and he was talking about this shame and guilt piece in our lives and and. I've never been more grateful to listen to something. There was such an aha. It was a pullover to the side of the road. Aha. Uh, this stops now uh, thing. And so, yay, because that stopped a long time ago. But there was still residue, still pieces that would come up, still parts of me that uh, that would go and really beat the hell out of myself and, and visit the shame pit, you know, make sure it's still there, make sure I still have my room. And uh, long story short, I got to tell you this to, to wrap this up, though. I went down state. Uh, I, I live in Michigan, and I went down to Gross Point, where I'm from, for the first time in I don't even know how many years, a long, long, long time, Tanya. I really had no interest in going back, and nobody's there anymore as far as uh, family is concerned. And those friends that were once friends aren't there, you know, and even if they are, I'm not going to visit them. So I went down. I took my daughter to a concert. We went to my old stomping grounds. I took her to my school. I went to the house that I grew up in, drove through the neighborhoods. Oh my goodness, was it so cathartic. Cathartic, so <laughs> incredibly healthy. I came home. I built this little altar to my teenager. 
you know, found my high school picture, some things from, from that time and just honored her and forgave her and, and like pulled her out the last remnants out of that shame pit and said, you know, it's all good. I got you. You did the best you could with, with what you had at the time. And you, this isn't where you live. And anyway, it was just powerful. So, so freaking powerful. I'm I can still feeling feel, it. I can feel the power of it right now because I can't tell you. I love that metaphor, the shame pit. I, yeah, I lived in the shame pit most of my life until I had my, my chronic illness wake up call. And it was like, yeah, um, I think that's an epidemic actually. Um, yeah. Is that shame piece. And Really realizing the only people that can get you out of your shame pit is yourself. And you can set yourself free. Nobody yes, else can. can shame you or guilt you. Um, you know, if you don't allow that. Right. Right. Oh, I had years where too. I would say to my, I had years, <laughs> years and years and years where I would say to my mom and to my grandma, are you trying to make me feel guilty? Oh yep. no no no! Well, I don't know. It sure it sure kind of feels like it. Feel guilty, <laughs> and then I would just crack up and just really practice that because, and then catch myself throwing the guilt that I learned to yeah. throw. Uh, this sure, is, because you, you learn generation to do. after generation after generation of guilt tripping. Absolutely, I grew up with that too, and I think a lot of women, right? And this is shifting. Knock on wood by us talking about it, and even you know before this, I'm sure for a lot of us, but that as women and men too, right? Some men too, yeah. that we learn to get our needs met by guilting and shaming people. Yes, we do. And so, yeah. So to begin to, to catch when other people are doing it to you and when you're doing it to other people, one of my little, I love how you said that to your, to your mom. I, I would say to my mom and my grandma, her mom, I'd say, are you guys shitting on me? Yes. And they were like, what? I'm like, what? Well, it sounds like you're <laughs> shitting on me. And they're like, that sounds like, I'm like, yeah, it sounds like shit. That's what it, <laughs> that's actually <laughs> what you're doing. Like, that's what it feels like. You know, that's yeah, what it feels yeah. like. And they'd be like, oh, and I'd be like, yeah, like, please don't do that. Like, so that's a boundary that I needed to, to set. And then, of course, catch myself when I should on others. It's like, yeah, let's change that to could, right? Be, I could have, or you could have done that, or I would have, I would have preferred this or preferred that, or, you know, those are just right. little. Or when, when you do this, it makes me feel like that. Or when, right. you know, just to be a little bit more conscious and, and mindful of the, the words that we use and how we communicate with each other. And, you know, on occasion, my husband will still bust my chops and be like, you know, you can still throw a guilt trip with the best of them. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's in there. You know, thank <laughs> yep. you for thank you for bringing it forward because because it is. You know, there's there's even a, a way that I'll start to speak from my yep. history uh, much more erect, snobby, gross point. You know, demanding. I'm the shit. <laughs> and then I just you know now I have so much humor about all of it that. It, it's all good. It's just, it's all there. And, and we need to just do a better job at loving ourselves up. All of it, the light, the shadow, yeah. all of it, everything that you are is amazing, is wonderful, is exactly as it should be. It is. You are where you're at. Love yourself where you're at and do your best to identify where you're letting yourself get walked on, where you might be walking on somebody else. 
and yep. and just practice. It takes practice, but I promise it that it gets better. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth the challenge. It's worth the sometimes conflict or pain that it causes. Um, and yeah, it's. I'll just echo. It takes a lot of consciousness. It takes awareness. You can't change anything you're not aware of. And it takes acceptance of when you do it. Like I've got a sweetie too that will call me out, not in a mean way, but in a, hey, you know, kind of like yours. You're, you know what? It sounds like you're being like this or that you're trying to guilt me into doing something or, and I'll be like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, you're right. I, I did. I did fall back into that pattern again. Sure. But I get out a lot quicker. <laughs> yeah, well, I, and it's, it happens a lot yeah. less. <laughs> yeah, of course, and that's that's how it works. That we just keep going around and revisiting the same things until we uh, we're done with it, and it's going to keep coming back around, and you get better and better and better at it. And and like I mentioned earlier, then some humor comes with it, oh, and then you can important. really really be comfortable in whatever choices that you make that are supportive of your world and your sacred life. Mm. Yeah, I think humor humor and compassion are really important in this mm-hmm. process of shifting. Um, so, Shan, are you ready for a question? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm going to take a, I have a question on the webcast here. Um, Sandy says, thank you, Shan and Tanya. Um, this has been enlightening. Awesome. Um, her question is, her husband and her children do not seem to pay attention when she sets boundaries. What should she do? The, the first thing that comes up is, are you enforcing the boundaries you set? Yeah. That's the very first thing, because we can set them and then go right against ourselves, right back to maybe where we were before, uh, I'll, I'll use an example. Uh, I have a, a teenage daughter that does not like to wake up in the morning. And I can tell you that there have been no less than 1,597 times. <laughs> I love I love hyperbole. <laughs> Where I've told her, you know what? It's on you. I'm not going to wake you up. If you miss work, if you miss school, it's on you. Now, having said that, how many times do you think that I've actually let her miss and let her make it a priority and let her either either lose the job, miss the test or that kind of thing? It took a really long time. I still struggle with following through on that that boundary that I set. I'm keeping so, it, right? Because yeah, you, you can set a boundary, but then oh, yeah. how do you, but it's yeah, about you can, keeping it. Yes, you can set them all over the place. Or, yeah. <laughs> or something will happen like, uh, and this might resonate as well, where you have a specific time for a class or a practice or something that you do for yourself that everybody in the family knows is the same day and time every week. But invariably, somebody in the family needs X, Y, or Z at that day or time. Do you forego your own plans? And, dis- and become disappointed to uh, make sure that they're covered, whatever it is that they need, saying, well, I'll get back to my thing next week. Or do you say, you know, I understand that's important to you, but this is also 
something that's important to me and I've had it on the calendar for a long time. So I'm not going to be able to take care of that for you. Yeah. So I hear you saying it's, it's not backing down. Yeah. For those things that are really important for you. Um, my example, I guess to throw in there is, um, you know, I used to have a father that was very um, critical uh, of me and even sometimes teasing to the point of, you know, being hurtful in a group of mm-hmm. people. And I had to start setting a boundary to, hey, you know what, when you, I'd, I'd like you not to do that. And if you do do that, I'm either going to hang up the phone or leave the room or leave, you know, the event if I was in person. Right. Um, and it was not easy right? Because it's your parent and you don't want to rock the yeah. boat. But, um, but eventually, you know, I, once I did those things, it stopped. Yeah. You right? start but, to see a shift. Yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't easy. You know, it no. took time and, and it took, you know, it took for me to really um, to breathe and to hold that, you know, like, I know he loves me. I know this is a pattern that he picked up from his father, but I don't want to tolerate it anymore because it's actually disrespectful of me right so um so i guess what you're hearing sandy is how you know how are you keeping your boundaries and maybe practicing that on another deeper level is you know when you set a boundary what what's going to be the consequence if um if they don't follow it right what what are you going to do and how are you going to better hold your boundaries like like shan was saying right um she gave her daughter the boundary around waking up but yet if she goes and wakes her up then that's she's breaking we break our own boundaries <laughs> yeah, absolutely. and we that's all do question. it to a certain degree and and, and it's just oh, yeah. busting it's just busting your own self for it and saying okay absolutely wait a minute you know we do so many things out of love so many things but when it starts to creep over into resentment and creep over into these other places where you're giving too much of yourself away then that's when we get in trouble. Yeah, that's the opposite of self-love. Right? It sure is. Um, so great. Thank you, Sandy, for that question. And um, Shan, I see that you have a gift. I know it's towards the end of our time. So if you could tell us a little bit about your free gift, Reclaim Your Voice. Oh, and, um, and tell us a little bit about it. And I'll just sure. let you guys know where to get it um, before Shan tells us about it. Um, if you're on the webcast, there's a button at the top of the screen that says Shan's Gift. If you are listening at a later time on Podbean or iTunes, or if you're on the phone right now, you can go to TanyaPenny.com, and on the top it says Podcast, and just click on that, and it'll take you down to Shan's Gift. Um, you'll see her beautiful little picture, and the replay of this will also be there shortly after our live call ends today. So tell us more. What is this Reclaim Your Voice gift? Okay. Well, one of the things that I like to do as a multi-passionate entrepreneur is I do a whole lot of voice work. I I do guided relaxations, meditations, albums, advertisements, and, and have been at that since college. So this is a recording that I have made for you on a journey to reclaim your voice and reclaim your truth. And it allows you about 12 minutes that you can carve out just for you where you can relax and close your eyes and kick your feet up and listen in and I will transport you to a magical place 
where you can begin to reclaim your voice and speak your truth. That sounds beautiful. I think when we get off the phone, I'm going to download that and take a bath. <laughs> there you go. And part of my spaciousness, I'm like you, I have built a lot of space in my schedule, even in the middle of the day. Um, Me too. You've got to. It, it's made everything better that I do that. Everything. Yeah, otherwise right now I'd be thinking, you know, if I would have scheduled something right after this, I'd be thinking right now about doing that. And it's like, no, I don't have anything after this. I don't have anything for a few hours. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and yet it all gets done. So It does. What needs well. to get done. Exactly. What needs to get done gets done. I, can, I know our egos say everything has to get done, but it doesn't. So, um, and so make sure you grab Shan's free gift, Reclaim Your Voice, you guys, either on the webcast, there's a button at the top of the screen, or you can go to tanyapenny.com, click podcast, um, scroll down and see Shan's beautiful face, the replay, which will be up shortly, as well as the link to her free gift. And if you haven't yet, um, I also recommend you grab my Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Starter Kit gift. It includes my 10 keys blueprint guide audio lesson, and my secret tool, a guided therapeutic meditation practice. And this month, you also receive a bonus holiday survival toolkit class that I did. So, Shan, just thank you so much um, for being here today. Thank you, everyone who's listening live or to the replay. I just have a lot of gratitude um, for you being here and sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks again for the invitation. I had a great time. Mm, me too. And maybe we'll do it again next year. <laughs> awesome, you guys. So thanks, everyone, for joining us for Vibrant Body and Abundant Life. Um, as always, feel free to share this with others. I'm sure there's lots of people in your life that um, this month are struggling with truth and boundaries. Uh, but definitely check out all 10 of the keys and just remember progress, not perfection. And change really happens with baby steps. Remember that healing these, these patterns and fully living our truth and setting boundaries takes time, compassion, and patience. Thank you, everybody. Love you. And I'll see you on November 19th for our next live conversation with Heather Fannin. Have a beautiful day and week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to leave us a favorable review at iTunes. And remember to visit tanyapenny.com to receive all of your favorite free expert gifts, including Tanya's virtual workshop, The Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Blueprint.